0: Hey, entrepreneurs, are you... Oh, hang on, let me start all over again. All right, I keep forgetting this is a new part. All right, entrepreneurs, this is Marcia Reiner, business growth strategist and host of Profit with a Plan. Boy, do I have a treat for you today. My guest today is Kyle Stout, and we're going to be talking about that problem we all face. Email marketing, how to really get that white cursor and blank paste paper to go away and deliver an, a, a information to your ideal customers that make them want to reach out to you and read your emails. All right, on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. Hey entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind and you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner, known as The Profit Booster and a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guide your growth and plans for a future exit, because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I wanna share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have a really powerful training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. This is where I'll show you how you can get a 45% boost in net profit in just 30 days simply by following a three-step method that doesn't require that you're chasing more customers. This quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending more money on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go check it out at www.30dayprofitbooster.com for more information. All right, listeners. As I mentioned, here's my guest today. Kyle Stout is the founder of Elevate and Scale, a leading email marketing agency that directs uh, that helps direct direct to consumer. If I can get my mouth to work, brands unlock hidden revenue and put their sales on autopilot while increasing ad spend. Kyle is an expert on using email marketing to maximize revenue leverage AI, which is the greatest thing ever right now, to scale content and production, as well as all things retention marketing. Kyle, welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. I'm excited to have you on today. Yeah, thanks
1: so much for having me.
0: Excellent. Okay, so I always like to start these off with one of those simple questions of, how in the world did you get into email marketing? What was that thing that just shifted and you said, yeah, this is my lane?
1: okay yeah i mean i I definitely did not set out to get into email marketing (laughs) whenever i was young Um, so what happens is i was a freelance copywriter and i was doing a lot of sales copy for websites and and really just taking on whatever projects that uh, my clients had for me and email marketing was something that kept coming up and Mm -hmm. over time i found that i really enjoyed email marketing Uh, a lot of businesses were neglecting their email marketing and it was the one area where I consistently was seeing the best results for my clients. So I knew that I eventually wanted to start an agency and go beyond just being a freelancer. And so when I did that in 2019 and started Elevate and Scale, I built everything around specializing in email marketing. And we've since done you know some SMS and some other things that are related to retention marketing. But email really is the main driver of all of it.
0: That's awesome. Hey, you mentioned neglect, right? Why do you think business owners and companies neglect the email marketing side of their business?
1: There's a couple of things, a couple of reasons I would say that I see most often. The first one is that it really, it's been there for so long. It's not the new sexy thing. There's always some new thing, right? There's always some new social media platform, there's AI or whatever. There's always something that's really exciting for marketers. And there's, and there's, you know, truthfully, a lot of big opportunities in marketing in other channels. And so I <laughs> think people, they know it's in the back of their mind, but they're thinking to themselves, well, that's not going anywhere. I'll get to that. I think so. That's one of the most common reasons. The other one is that people know they need to be doing it, they know how important it is and how valuable it is. But when they sit down to do it, they just can't come up with what to say. Uh, maybe they have some kind of preconceived notion in their own mind, such as, you know, that they think that sending in emails is going to be annoying to their list. And that causes right. them to, you know, just really hesitate to doing email marketing. So uh, part of it is that as well.
0: Oh, my gosh. You know, you've hit on so many, you know, challenges that I personally have faced, right? You know, you're sitting there and you're going, wow, you know, I don't want to bother my clients or worse, you know. I'm sending emails and, and they get, you know, like everybody else, you've got at least a hundred, if not a thousand in your inbox that are unread at the moment. And I mean, these, these, these kind of concerns, you know, they think, is it worth the time? Is it worth the money and effort? You know, am I going to annoy my client? These are all really good questions that I don't know if we've, you know, if we have the ability to answer those, how do we get past that? And is it right, the right piece of marketing that should be done?
1: it's definitely the right piece of marketing that should be done it is I, I can tell you time and time again from working with businesses that didn't have email marketing that they regret all the time they didn't do it but um you know to to illustrate cuz the truth is there's always going to be some people who are annoyed by emails. Some people just don't like emails. They prefer that you market to them somewhere else or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to kind of illustrate this, uh, I'll tell you that when I meet people in real life and they ask what I do, and I tell them that my company specializes in email marketing. Almost always, the first thing they say is, oh, I hate getting those emails. But then they immediately follow up with, but I always buy so much stuff from them. And that's really the thing is that you know, it's kind of like a pop-up. A lot of people don't like it, but it does work. And when it comes to email marketing, there's a way to do it right and there's a way to do it wrong. And we know, uh, the person who signs up, they know you're gonna be trying to sell to them. So my attitude is why not just make it the best experience possible for them. We know mm-hmm. that some people are just not gonna like it regardless. But honestly, the most of the people on the list, if you treat them right, if you send them content that they like, um, then they will stick around and they will engage and they will buy. And those are the people we want to cater to.
0: Mm, like that, like that. Now, we know that there's all sorts of rules that are involved with email marketing these days. But I think the hardest thing that we deal with as, as marketers and and people wanting to send emails is just because you hit send doesn't mean, The person on the other end is actually going to be able to see it or even receive it. So is there anything that we need to work on to make sure that that, you know, at least lands in their inbox and then it becomes up to them to to open it? But is there any kind of trick we can do with that?
1: So that's that's a really important point, and it's something that gets overlooked because it's not really the most, uh, you know, exciting thing necessarily for the business owner to deal with. But so this is really about email deliverability, and it's super important. Um, and there's a there's two sides to this. So you have what I would call more of the technical side. So just making sure that your domain is configured correctly. And Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of um, free tools online where you can plug in your domain and you can see if the domain is configured correctly. So if you just Google like free analysis for email deliverability or something like that, you can find a tool like that. Those are easy fixes where you just change something in your DNS. Now on the other side, there's the email content side. And this is really where more people are gonna see problems. And it's something that where you could be causing an issue and not know it, it's not like you just run Mm -hmm. a test. And um, although there are tools for that, but this tends to be something that the problem, you don't notice it until the problem is a huge problem. And what it really comes down to is having high quality content that people engage with, meaning they open and click the emails, because over time, if you're getting really poor engagement and you continue to send to people who aren't engaging with your emails, then all of the inboxes like Gmail, they've become very sensitive, way more sensitive mm. now than they ever were in the past about um, you know really trying to protect the user experience for their customers. And if they see that people aren't engaging with your emails, they're more likely to send them to spam, even when you know people who would readily buy from you could be, having your emails land in their junk box instead of their inbox. So part of that, um, we can talk about this at some point is to address that as segmentation. So that's something Mm. you can do. And I can talk about how you can use that in a way to protect email deliverability. And of course, there's a lot more to it as far as just delivering great emails. Um, But again, just monitoring your opens and click rates and you know, being thoughtful about how often are you sending emails, who are you sending emails to, and of course, we're gonna—I'm sure—talk about what actually goes in the email, which is really important. Um, and there's a right. couple of little things like make sure you have the, make sure you have an unsubscribe link at the bottom of the email. Make sure you have the the physical address for your business in the bottom of the email. Those are just little things um, that the inboxes look for, and also just of course, don't be using a bunch of spammy language. So the more you're mm. Using you know spam phrases, whether it's like super urgent sales language or you know talking about uh, products or topics that are a little bit more risky, those things are obviously going to put you at more risk for having lower email deliverability.
0: Wow, and I'm sure we could talk for at least two hours alone on email deliverable deliverability. Yeah. But you know you hit on something that I think is really important and you've said it several times and I would love to open a, the conversation on that. But you kept mentioning adding really good content, right? So describe what you mean by really good content when you're sending an email to your your audience of 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 prospective buyers.
1: Okay, so Most business owners, if they're doing their email marketing or whoever's doing it, I think the first thing people are thinking of is they think of the holiday sales, or a lot Mm. of times there's this idea that if we're going to send an email, we have to do some big sale or else why would people open and why would they buy? Or on the other extreme end would be the people who think that you have to do these super long nurturing sequences where you you don't sell for a long, long time. And then when you finally earn their permission, you can then sell to them if those people are still engaged. And what I find to work best is sort of doing a combination of both and not relying on a discount or a holiday, although definitely take advantage of those when they're available, but not relying on those to generate sales and relying on talking about topics that you know your customers care about. So Hmm. this first means you probably have to take a step back if you haven't done this in a while and do some research on defining who your ideal customer is and what they care about, so really looking into okay, what are the big pain points they care about? What are the the main benefits they care about? And you can do this by, um, you know, getting survey feedback from your customers. If you have a business where you already communicate with your customers, then that's really useful. If you don't have if you don't have a lot of customers yet, you can try to research reviews from other companies to see okay, what are people specifically talking about whenever they share what they liked or didn't like about this product or service. Um, mm-hmm. you can also use chat GPT is great these days for getting market research. So there's a ton of ways to do this, but you need to do that initial exercise because those are going to be the topics that you end up talking about. Cause you really want to frame the content of the email in a way that I call it having a conversation starter, meaning that right. obviously me on my end, I want to sell something, <laughs> But them on their end, they want they want this to be interesting. They want it to be fun for them. So I want to start the conversation in a way where we're talking about something that is of use or benefit or entertainment to them. And then I can tie that into what I'm trying to sell by the end of the email. So for example, you know, if you sell supplements, then you probably have customers and that are interested in a variety of topics around weight loss or building muscle or recovery and st- so on. So I would choose one specific topic and I would give, you know, let's say like five tips to recover faster from exercise. And that would be the, how I frame up the email and start the conversation. And then at the end, I would suggest supplements or a specific product that would help them with recovery. So that way, all the people on your list who got that email, who aren't in the market to buy today, they at least learn something. They got something interesting from it that will keep them coming back to read your emails. But then for the people who are in the market to buy today. It becomes a no brainer because you've educated them and you've connected the product to a a pain point they care about. But the other thing is they're now going to get better results because they're going to combine those tips you gave them with the product. So they get better results from your product and they'll be a happier customer. And if you can just keep doing this over and over, that's how you can really keep people engaged. But also it's just more fun to be sold to in that way where it shows that you're always thinking of them.
0: Oh, I like that. You know, I we've all seen those emails where it's either someone is is telling them about themselves, right? Oh, here, here's Marcia and Marcia did this today and I have all these things and you know, it's it's never about the, the audience who's reading it. So I love how you actually had a conversation starter. You got some, the, you're providing some real value so that whether, like you said, they're whether they're ready to buy today or not, they at least got something valuable. So they will be more opt to open that page that next email that you send off in the future. I like that. That's a different path than I've heard in a while. And I mean, there's so many different angles. Whether it's newsletters or blogs or stories or pictures or whatever it is, videos that are all coming out. You know, it's nice that you're 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 doing something about them. <clears throat> what value are you providing them so that they'll be more up to open it again next time? So speaking of next time. Is there a magic number on how often you should send an email to your ideal list or to your list of people?
1: So it's going to vary from every business because every business (laughs) and their list is going to be different, but there are ways that you can gauge this for yourself. And Mm -hmm. so the first thing I would do, or I would tell people is, you know, you don't want to be sending every email to everyone on your list. Exactly. So for a, a big announcement, you know, a big sale, a big product launch, okay, that makes sense. You want everyone to know about it. Otherwise, when you're doing these more, you know, targeted emails, we want to try to personalize it, not just from the content side, but from who's receiving it. So depending mm. on what email service provider you're using, some of them make it a little easier to do this than others, and it's not near as complicated as it sounds. But what I would first start off with is creating some some segments and some of the first segments that you could create would be engagement segments. So I call these like a 30 day engaged group, 60 day engaged group, and so on. And what that means is that that person or the people in that segment have opened the email, clicked the email or visited the site in the last 30 days or 60 days or whatever time frames you're you're you want to test here. And so but this is one of the if you're getting into segmentation before you get all advanced with trying to have all these very specific segments i would say start here create these core groups of 30 60 and 90 days and first send an email to your 30 day group and just look at what engagement are you getting so what are the opens and click rates and then test so say you're doing once a week now test twice a week and see what that mm-hmm. does and mm-hmm. try you know um you know you could even go up to three times a week you can really go as often as you want but what i like to do is you know go to where you see a dip in the engagement, or it could be if you see a drastic dip in revenue, even from the email mm. and you know, okay, that's probably the limit for these people. And then you can test that same thing at, with the different time groups. So the 60 day group, the 90 day group in general, the shorter the time frame, the more engaged they are, the more often they are open to, or want to receive emails, the less engaged they are, the less frequent I would email them. So like a 90 day engaged group, that's they're probably getting one email a month at that point Mm, uh, on average. So it's gonna be different again for every brand. 30 day engaged group is likely getting more than one week.
0: I like that because you're actually reading your audience, right? You're figuring out what they want, how they they wanna receive it. Because as we mentioned earlier on, the fear of the of the sender is, oh, I don't want to be that person that oversends something into their inbox, right? I don't want to be an annoyance. And so, like you said, if you can segment them and you can start testing and trying them, then you're going to see how, how effective the emails are. And I mean, because there's people out there that'll email every day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's those that send once a month or once a quarter. And I'm like, who are you? I don't remember. How did I get on your list, right? It's too far in, in many instances. But I think that you, um, you engage them by what they do. So that's really smart. So segmentation, we can get really, really, really deep. And I'm glad you stayed high level on that. Um, But it is really important because like you said, you can send... A, a big announcement, or you can send more targeted information to them as well. You can also segment in different ways like, um, you know, male and female or, you know, age groups, or uh, they bought this particular product, but they, you know, might want to start to see this product or this particular service, and they might want to see another service, right? And so it's 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 monitoring your list and and using it properly, which I think so many people do not do. And they just blanket broadcast out and then you get that, oh, well, that doesn't pertain to me. So then I won't open it up next time.
1: Exactly. And I think it actually makes it easier. So going back to that, that initial problem of what do I even say in the email when you're trying to write for everyone and you're trying to appeal to everyone, it's more difficult than when you have a more refined group. So for example, if you are writing for men, just men or just women, or just customers of a specific product or, you know, VIP customers versus people who have never bought. Now you have, you at least have something to start with knowing where they Mm. are as they relate to your business. And you also have a way to write copy that's going to be more relatable to them and it's going to be more interesting and they're going to, they will see that, oh, okay, this company actually cares. They're paying attention. They're personalizing this a little bit more for me. So it's just more fun for them too.
0: Right. I love it. I love it. And then if it's more personalized then the audience is going to be more engaged. So I think that's the that's the piece that that so many are missing rather than that blanket on there. But you know, sounds hard, right? To segment and to send out emails and if I'm sending out here and I'm testing and I'm looking for data and all this, is there are there are there programs that help us do that or I mean I know there's a lot of Businesses like yourself that can do that, um, but are there any are there any programs that could help us do that?
1: So this is it's one of those things that sounds complicated if you if you've never done it before because it's just you know it's just a foreign topic, but mm-hmm. it really is not as difficult as it seems. So and but it, I will say it depends on which email service provider you're using. So for mm-hmm. example, we use Clavio a lot because we work mostly with e-commerce businesses. They have a whole segmentation feature. Uh, Mm. That makes it very easy to create segments based on specific rules. And their algorithm is able to do a lot of advanced. It's able to basically pull data on your list that you haven't actually collected to give you even better segmentation. Now, Mm. almost every email service provider will at least allow you to tag people. So tagging them whenever they buy a product, tagging them whenever they click certain links, things like that. So um, and also just um, tagging them based on engagement. So at the most basic level, you can do that. And most of these email service providers have really good resources these days where they're either gonna have a video or a blog that will sh- walk you through how to do it. And again, it's you are probably one five minute video away from being able to do this <laughs> and you learn it once and you'll be able to do it over and over.
0: I love that analogy. You're one five minute video away. Um you know it it is it is scary if you haven't done it and you know what i think i think the bigger scariness is you don't know what you don't know So if this isn't your business, which business owners, obviously, you should be staying in your lane and hiring people like Kyle to come in and help you set this up and structure this and monitor it and even write the copy for you. You know, it's not something that everyday business owners really ought to be doing. They ought to hire the experts to do it so the engagement will go up. But I mean, it's still on the same side. The business owner still needs to know what they ought to be doing. And I think this is why this conversation is so important because, yeah, it could be quite scary and unknown of, oh, I didn't even know I should be tagging or segmenting and doing this. And I didn't even know that there was software on the back end that will actually pull that data out for me and put that customer into that list of sort, you know, the segmented list, so that when... I want to send something out, it goes to the right people at the right time. And um, so we talk about automation in so many different ways, but I think it's there to really make it, make your job easier. And and we as business owners probably shouldn't even be doing it ourselves, but uh, talk to me a little bit about automation and how, and how it's, it's evolved and made your job easier and how it can make business owners' lives easier.
1: So automation, I think is the lowest hanging fruit opportunity if you're looking to improve your email marketing, because again, it's just, it's like you said, a lot of people just, they don't know what their email software is even capable of. So, you know, they've just always, they've always sent out email blasts and they just think, well, I've got this list. I send out emails whenever I have something to offer and they just haven't, you know, they're so busy with everything else. They're just, they haven't looked into that and they don't realize You know, I think a lot of people are, of course, aware of having at least some sort of welcome series to, you know, introduce your brand and your products to people. But a lot of people don't realize that you can take it much further than that. So what I like to, to suggest is to first look at your sales process. So the step by step process of someone going from being a stranger to being a customer and look at anywhere where you can have automated follow up in between all of those steps. So for an e-commerce business, it's super easy because everything, the whole transaction happens on the website where they go to the, the website, they go to the product page, they add the cart, they complete checkout. Now for service businesses, it's a little bit more complicated. It could be where they opt in for some sort of lead magnet and then they go into a webinar and then there's a, a, a sales call and then there's a follow-up from there. So Surprisingly, a lot you can still do a lot of automated follow-up even with those businesses, depending on what software you're using. You can, um, for example, let's say instead of a live webinar, if you have a recorded you know, video training, you can have the software set up to know if the person actually watched the training or not and have follow-up emails that get them to go watch the training. Or if they watched the training, but they didn't get to the pitch at the end, You can have automated follow-ups, send them the information they would have got in the pitch because you know they haven't seen it yet. So Mm. that's what I would tell people to look for first is is first just audit that whole sales process. Look at the numbers of how many people make it to each step and where you see the biggest drop-off from one step to the next. That's gonna be the biggest opportunity for you right now where if you just add in some sort of automated follow-up in those, those areas where you have those big gaps, that's where you're gonna see the biggest immediate boost and revenue. And then the great thing about this is that you set it up once and not to say that you should set it and forget it because you definitely want to try to improve it over time, but you put in this work up front once and it just runs for you day and night from this point on. And so that the time and energy you put into it is the ROI is, is really high. And again, now you just have more sales activity happening without you having to manually do anything after that.
0: I think I think that was the biggest takeaway is that you really need to map out your process and look for those gaps and look where, where your clients falling off or your prospect is falling off, and then set up an automated sequence that would go out and try and re-engage them back in, right? Because we know, well, I know, and I've been preaching it for a long time. There's a buyer's journey, right? There, there's only a small percentage of buyers that at the top of that of that. Tri- um, triangle that are absolutely ready to buy right now. They got the credit card in hand. There's like 97% of them that aren't quite ready yet. And that's a nurturing opportunity to be able to re-engage those people, provide more information. They could be in a position of comparing you with somebody else. They could be just shopping information. They could be shopping a solution. They don't even know what's out there yet and in, in the earlier and I think you can find that out in where they fall off and then you can start to 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 craft that message to them to nurture the buyer along their own buying journey so when they're ready to buy you're top of mind and for me the email sequence and the email marketing is almost almost the only way you can effectively do that right I mean, I can't imagine any other way that you could know exactly where they are and spend time nurturing them in any other process.
1: Yeah, and I mean, really in the other things, they they mimic email marketing. So you can do SMS, but that's really, you know, you're that's essentially short. doing the same thing, right? Um, but otherwise beyond that, you're starting to get to where it's now it's manual follow-up for you know, you're calling them or, or DMing them on social media, whatever it is. But what you said is really important that because what I find is that the business owner, a lot of times gets the idea that, well, if people aren't moving forward in the sales process, they're not interested in what I have to buy. That's just not true. There are Mm -hmm. for one thing, people are so busy. They're so distracted that there are many cases where those people would be willing to buy. They simply just got distracted and you have fallen off the radar because you stopped following up. And a lot of times, If they're shopping multiple businesses, they've forgotten who all they've signed up for. But the one who keeps following up with them ends up winning the business simply because they were the only one who kept following up. So that's something to keep in mind. uh, Again, going back to this fear of annoying people. I mean, that's why you want to make it very easy for people to opt out and you want to be thoughtful with your content. So if you're doing all these things, it allows you to have more follow-up and to feel good about your follow-up the way you're doing it, because you know that you're doing it to the best of your ability. You're trying to make it the best experience possible for them. And then on, on for your own, you know, needs and wants you are maximizing your chances of getting sales. Hmm.
0: I think the other side of that is it's so darn expensive in, in the world of marketing to obtain a a, a set of eyes on your, on your stuff, right. To, to acquire the client or prospect. And then if you, if you're spending all that money to get them to your site or to you bring the phone or, or whatever it is, if you don't have that follow-up to increase the probability of closing that deal, it's wasted money.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge point because the money you invest in your top of funnel marketing so you know all the social media content you're creating all of the ads you're running all of that that's typically where people are spending most of their marketing dollars and the majority of people whenever they first land on your site the very first time are just not going to buy for a million reasons that you could never control so the more ways you have to capture them and to be able to remarket to them the better the ROI is on that initial top of funnel marketing, which then just allows you to do more marketing. So yeah, it's, it is super important. And I think, you know, for, that's one of the biggest, um, missed opportunities I see with businesses that are running ads is when they have not built out their email automation. I mean, they're just literally losing thousands of dollars in revenue that they're, that, you know, could easily be captured by automated emails without changing anything else that they're doing.
0: Right. And it's all like you mentioned, it's all up front, right? You do it once, you set it and basically leave it, right? You want to come back mm-hmm. and 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 tweak it every once in a while, but it's a one and done thing. It's not a let me hire a whole team of staff to constantly manage the email campaigns. It's it's a lot easier than you think to get it set up, but it is front loaded and then you reap the benefits for you know potentially years to come. Um, based off of the initial setup that you have. So well worth it in my time. And I hope audience you've seen here that the value of email marketing is huge, gigantic, infinite, um, because you're spending, like you said, you're focusing so much on the top of funnel that you're forgetting about the nurture sequence that is actually gonna close the deal for you. So um, yeah, wow. Kyle, this has been fantastic. We've covered segmentation, you know, the content that you want to put in. Thank goodness you're you're making the automation aware for us here. You talked about, you know, deliverability. This has been a value-packed podcast. So where can listeners find out more about you?
1: Okay. I mean, you can find out more uh, on my YouTube channel, Elevate and Scale, if you just want to learn more about email marketing. But if you are doing email marketing and you want to take the strategies we talked about today as far as you know, writing better content for your emails, but you also wanna make sure that you aren't missing any of the other important steps of things that need to be done before you send the email. I have a checklist that you can download at winbeforeyousend.com, and that oh, will help good. you send campaigns that generate more sales and engagement, save time with a step-by-step process that anyone can follow when creating campaigns, and it will help you grow your most cost effective sales channel.
0: Love it. And love the name Win Before You Send. <laughs> you. Yeah. Well done. Good marketing play on that one. So, so it's great. But yeah, definitely going to check that out myself. And, and audience listeners, I know that this is such a valuable piece that is, you know, because you're chasing the latest, greatest, sexiest thing, maybe AI is on your mind or people are on your mind or, you know, the sales channel, but you're missing a huge, huge opportunity by not nurturing your client and moving with them through their own buying cycle to get them into your and closer to buying from you if you don't use emails and you don't use it right Um, so I would encourage you to go check Kyle out and and get a special report and YouTube channels right you're just one five minute video away from learning something you didn't know so I love that one all right. So listeners, I hope you found an idea or two that you can put into your business that will help you become more profitable. And as I just got off my soapbox, you know, email marketing is definitely an important piece that you need to have in your business. As I mentioned, how would you like to boost your net profitability in just 30 days? Don't think it's possible? It absolutely is. Go check out my training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. So this quick and easy profit boosting strategy can be done without spending more money on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go get more information at www.30dayprofitbooster.com. Kyle and I would love to hear your email success stories, your your fears your wins you know tell us tell us something that you want to know ask us a question we'll respond back in the chat and the comments here so just put it put a comment in and we'll reply back and while you're at it subscribe you don't want to miss futures future podcasts and you can always catch profit with a plan on any of your favorite podcast players and we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show so until then make your plans and profit with him. Thanks so much, Kyle.
1: Thank you.